Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. My next guest today, my friends, is a very, very popular artist, poet, and musician. Her work has inspired many millions of people around the world, including myself. I love her her artwork, her poetry, and her music. They really, really speak to your soul. Morgan Harper Nichols is her name. She's an artist and poet whose work is inspired by real-life interactions and stories. How about that? Morgan spent the first couple of years of a professional life as a college admissions counselor and then as a full-time touring singer and songwriter slash musician. It was on the road that she cultivated her curiosity and passion for writing, art and design and slowly began to share her work online. In 2017, Morgan started a project where she invites people to submit their stories to her website. From there, she creates art as a response to their stories and sends it to them before sharing the work publicly. All stories and names are kept private though. The fruit of this project is shared daily around social media in publications and various creative collaborations and installations. As an artist, Morgan has collaborated with a wide range of brands including uh, Coach, Adobe, Vogue, Singapore, uh, Airy and many, many more. As a designer and author, her work has been available in many, many stores, including um, Barnes & Noble, Target, and online Amazon too. Her book of poetry and art, All Along You Were Blooming, is available where all books are sold. She is on the board of directors for Twola, the To Write Love on Her Arms. She is originally from Atlanta, Georgia, and she has a husband and her son, uh, Jacob, in Phoenix, Arizona. And my friends, I am excited to tell you that Morgan has a brand new book out called How Far You Have Come. And I've been going through this, but it is one of those books that you have to have on your shelf and you need to pick up and read it for yourself. But go and get a copy now. Uh, It's available where all books are sold. But the idea behind this book, it was a weaving of poetry, prose, and illustrations. It's an invitation to embrace the beauty in your stories. It's a perfect fit for this story box. 
This is a call to reconcile the difficult moments in your past, embrace the longings of your present, and celebrate the goodness that shines through you as you step into who you were made to be. In how far you have come, uh, poet, artist, and dreamer Morgan Harper Nichols offers reflections on her life as she inspires you to consider how your history makes you who you are today. So, my friends, if you do get something from this, share it around to your friends and family that everyone know about this one. Uh, don't forget before you leave to subscribe, leave a rating and review, and you can also watch the full video now over on YouTube. All links are in the show notes below. All right, that's enough from me, my friends. It's time to go on a journey today. We're going to journey into the story box and listen to the inspirational wisdom, advice, and story of none other than Morgan Harper Nichols. Well, thank you so much for having me and for for reading my own story back to me. I <laughs> I always forget certain. I'm like, oh yeah, I have done that. So that's that was really cool to hear. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. Do you ever like get, pinch yourself sometimes when you <laughs> when you hear back uh, what people what you've actually done? Oh yeah, all the time. I'm always amazed at how because I I feel like I. I feel like even now, like even though I have a good idea of kind of what I'm doing, it still feels all really random. Like, I mean, literally minutes before we started talking, I was writing something and I'm like, what is this? What does this connect to? Like, why am I even saying it this way? <laughs> so it's always, yeah, when I hear, you know, yeah, you have done this, you have done that. It's like, okay, maybe I can't see it in real time, but there is sort of a, a rhythm and flow to this. So, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm I'm really excited to actually have you here because, like I was saying to you earlier, and even on the the intro, you're someone that has inspired me over the years. So I just personally wanted to say thank you for that. Your work is quite inspirational, and and like I was saying in the intro again, people have got to go and see your work to really feel it. Uh, but there is story. There is definitely a story behind there. Uh, and I'm curious about your story, but before we dive into it, uh, in just a moment, I have one particular question that I love starting out with, which is what does success look like for you? Mm, I, the first thing that comes to mind is actually something I think Maya Angela said, and I'm paraphrasing it. And that is success is a lot of doing what you like to do, how you like to do it. <laughs> and I think that that is very valid for me. It's, it's, I've, I've spent a lot of years trying to do something creative, especially that I could maybe connect to the larger world in some capacity. So whether that was when I was a touring musician or whatever it was, or, you know, something on social media, but what I'm finding is like, no, what actually works the best is when you're doing something that that feels true to who you are and what you feel called to do. So, and, and sometimes that ends up being something that's very popular and everyone, and it does connect with a lot of people, but sometimes it only connects with a few people. And I, and I still have moments like that now. So I, I share a lot on social media. And uh, yesterday I shared something that, that was very true to me and a lot of people responded to it. And then today I shared something that was also true to me and not a lot of people responded to it. So 
it's like both of them are a success. They're just success for different reasons. And, and sometimes, sometimes something was meant to, in a way, like connect with a smaller group of people. And sometimes it's meant to connect with a bigger group. And the thing is like, we never know. <laughs> we never know until we put it out there. So yeah, I, I feel like that, that that's what success means to me. Speaking about your calling and when you actually discovered your calling in life, what was the story behind that? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I feel like it's been a lot of little moments of my life that eventually I was able to look back on and see like, wow, that was just like a thread that kept me going down like the timeline of my life. Like I, I really kind of see it that way sometimes. Like, you know, you have like those historic timelines where they have like, you know, the little things. So sometimes I see my story that way and I see it as like, it's kind of weird though. I hope I don't lose anybody here, but I kind of see it as like a timeline that's also kind of loops and circles. Cause I'm like, I feel like in a way we kind of go through these same, same loops over and over. And I feel like there are these little threads that just keep you going. They just, and, and I have, I feel like I have different moments in my life where like starting with when I was six years old, where my, my dad was like, God has called you to create. And I was just like, cool. Sounds great. I want to do that. And then other moments where I had like a cousin of mine that was like, you're really good at writing stories. And a moment in college where I had a professor, where I, I had decided that I wasn't going to do anything creative because I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't good at it. And I wasn't successful as, you know, maybe other students. So I was like undecided in my sophomore year. And I was really just about to give up on trying to <laughs> do anything with creativity. And I had a professor pull me to the side and I had to write a poem for an assignment. And he was like, yeah, it's, you're, you're a poet. Like, this is something you can do. Like, you're really good at writing poetry. And I've had like my mom, who's always been like, create something new every day. So it's just, I feel like it was never like one moment, but all of those little moments gave me just enough courage to just try one more time and <laughs> try one more time. And I kind of feel like that's what grace looks like in my life of just like where I'm just about to give up and, <laughs> and I have like, and it's like, yeah, you should give up because you have failed. <laughs> and I just have like just a little bit more hope of like, okay, let's try this again. So yeah, I think it, it kind of really started to hit me. It's like, oh, this is something that is, is bigger than me and bigger than just like making art or making music was when I was 26, uh, no, 27, 26, 20, 27. And that was when I had written a poem and ended, ended up going viral on Pinterest. And that was like the first time that I had something kind of go out into the world in a big way that felt so, I mean, it was literally a, a picture. The poem was, a that was the part of it that was shared online was, was a picture from my journal and it was like, this was just true to what I was actually feeling in every sense of the way. I was not thinking about an audience. I wasn't thinking about any of that stuff. So I think that was the moment where it really kind of like shook me up the most. But yeah. <laughs> I love how you said that there's this little thread that brings you back. And life is like this literal living roller coaster ride of constant up and downs. Mm -hmm. I, I even talk about it as well. It's, 
sharp turns, steep, steep descents. Uh, and there's those moments where it kind of feels like you're chugging along all the way up. It's like little bit by little bit. And it's like, what keeps me going during those times that it's either going up and up and up. And it's like, seems like nothing is actually happening. And then all of a sudden just like, bam, straight down. And then it's like quick turn to the left or turn to the right. And you're kind of like holding on for dear life. It's kind of like, (laughs) that's what life is literally about. But it's like, I love how you mentioned still being true to you and what you know to be true. And I'm, I'm curious for, for a young person or even someone that is in the midst right now that they don't, they're scared or they're fearful of uh, being still true to themselves. What does, what would you say to them firstly? And and what does it really mean uh, to be true to oneself? Mm. Yeah, that's such a good question. Such a good question. I think that, you know, I'm thinking about how would that look like in my own life? A lot of it has to do with getting out of your head and getting into like real one-on-one connection with other people. Um, I think that we, we bring out the good in each other. Like we bring out ideas in each other. And so many of the, of the like songs I've written have, have that have resonated with a lot of people came from writing with someone else, someone else being in the room. And we were tossing ideas back and forth. Well, sometimes I do write a song by myself, but a lot of times I've had these moments where it's with, with, it's with interacting with someone. And, um, and, and I think that that can apply to a lot of different disciplines in a lot of different ways. And I think that that's one of the, the good things about social media is that if you, like, let's say you're a visual artist or a photographer and you post something on your Instagram, and you only get one comment on it, maybe that's a good good thing in the sense of like, well, let me reach out to that one person who did comment. Let mm-hmm. me ask them, what was it that stood out to you? Have a conversation with that person. And I think that that can be applied to literally anything. I, I think that it, it, it can be hard to remember that in an age that seems all about like being connected with as many people as possible it's so it's so interesting to me that we have social media platforms where it's not abnormal for you to follow or be friends with people from every phase of your life, like literally from elementary school to people you met last week. And it's like, yeah, that's a large range of people to try to figure out how to connect and how to how to like where your voice is amongst all of that. It's like just focus on what what does your voice sound like when you're just talking to one person? Mm-hmm. Um Another thing that I always recommend people doing is look through your actual text messages and your sent messages. That's your voice. Like, that's it. The way you talk, the way you use humor, the way you use GIFs or the way you don't like to use emojis, the way that you use five exclamation points or you don't use them at all. It's like all of those little details are a part of your voice and are a part of who you are. So it's already there. It's just a matter of finding it. And I think that the best way of finding your voice, finding like what you're quote unquote supposed to do, is just looking at the patterns of your own life mm-hmm. and seeing like, wow, there's, there's been these threads all along and I can just pull on those threads to, to sort of take me to that next place. Mm. I think social media has done two things. One has connected us in a very unique way. And at the mm-hmm. same time, it's also disconnected a lot of people. And mm-hmm. 
Social media is a tool. That's all it should be for a lot of people to get a message out there. Yeah. Uh, but for those people that, like, especially growing up, I didn't really have social media. Like, it's only been in recent times that social media has been heavily uh, in amongst the the young generation. I yeah. guess you could say. And there's increasing links to young people not really knowing their worth because they're constantly comparing themselves to the person that has a million followers or they've mm -hmm. got over 3 million followers and they're like, well, how come they've got so many followers and I don't? Like what's going on? And it's like this this, this constant uh, or they're, they're looking at another person's profile and they're seeing their images and they're like, well, that, that person's life must be, that must, mm -hmm. that must be great. Look at my life. Like, yeah. My life isn't as great as theirs. So they're constantly comparing themselves. And I think mm -hmm. like if you look at, say, my grandparents' generation, for example, I don't think they had the same problem mm -hmm. as what we're facing today. And it's like we've got to come to this place of 100% knowing your own worth and being true to yourself but then also being careful by not falling into the trap of, yeah. of looking at everyone else on social media. I, I've yeah, it's, people, I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Can you hear the knocking in the background? No, no, I can't. It's all good. Oh, you can't? Oh, wow. Okay. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to wait. Okay, it should be done now. <laughs> it's all good. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry. But um, yeah, it, it definitely is something that... that I feel like a lot of us face and, and we face it even more the more we've grown up with having access to social media, because I mean, I, I remember social media becoming a thing when I was a teenager, but it wasn't on a smartphone that I was carrying around with me all day. Like that didn't happen until I was, you know, kind of getting into my twenties. So I think for people even younger than me, it, 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 it's even harder. I, I just, I have so much empathy for uh, the younger generation in that sense, because it's like, they didn't ask for this, you know, it's like none of us were born saying, Hey, can I have a smartphone with all of these things? It just, it becomes a part of the culture and you have to try to figure out how to manage it. So, yeah, I, I feel like thinking about that from an empathetic level actually is what keeps me posting on social media in the way that I do, because I think about the fact that, wow, I could post something or share something that encourages at least one person to maybe close out of the app and go do something else. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I truly believe in the importance of that. It's, if we're going to have these platforms, we have to try to use them for good. Mm. That's why I love following you, to be honest with oh. you. Like, <laughs> well, thank it's, you. It's great to get out of the, the norm that society has, you know, constantly putting up there's so much negative material mm -hmm. and then go to your page and see the work, see the, if I want to get inspired, just go to her page. <laughs> Morgan Harbour well, thank you. Like, it's, it's a beautiful page and I'm a huge fan of, of art because um, I know how much goes into it. Mm, um, yeah. There's, there's a lot behind it. It's a very, it's a very personal thing, any, mm, any form yeah. of artwork. So whether or not it's a painting, it's a drawing, 
uh, it's a it's a canvas or even it's digital. Uh, there's a, there's something that mm-hmm. personally you're putting into the the the, the actual artwork itself, um, and same with music too. But yeah. what I'm curious about for you, Morgan, is you you mentioned that your father said that you're going to create. Your God has given you this this gift and this ability to create. And what I want to ask you is, did you grow up in in a Christian family at all? Yeah, my parents are pastors and yeah, yeah. And it was very interesting because I feel like, and I think it still applies to me today and and how I approach my work and what I do is the the church that my my parents were pastor was a very small church and it was very just I mean, very community oriented. I mean, we, I grew up in a house where like the door was just, I mean, not literally open, but it was open. I mean, whoever you were, it didn't matter if you were a Christian or you went to the church or not. My parents were just very welcoming. And um, as a result, I grew up around all kinds of people. And I, and I, and I love that. I love that I I grew up. um, I mean, I I think now that I'm thinking about it as I think I, I literally grew up knowing like all of the world's major religions, I knew someone who practiced all of them. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I mean, that's just like kind of one lens, but yeah, it, I think that was important. I think it's important that, that, that if, if, and I think my parents modeled this idea of, okay, being like Jesus in a real world context and not like our little Christian bubble. Mm-hmm. Um so I got that very young, which I will say it's, it's also hard because I, I missed out on a lot of the, like, I did some like Christian camps and things, but I didn't do a lot of that. So I didn't have a lot of, for instance, we would listen to Christian radio, but like, I didn't know any other kids that listened to Christian radio. So we were like, really, like, well, what are y'all listening to? So, you know, that could be hard as a kid because you want to fit in and have friends and, um, but that has definitely impacted the work that I do today because I feel, I still, I feel like being on social media is a lot that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think sometimes as Christians, it can be very easy to approach social media and like this, like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I just think there's different ways of like, okay, like a very like Bible study discipleship mode. And I think about it in terms of like, okay, but this is like a public space. Like, <laughs> um, let's remember that. Um, <laughs> and, and I think about that a lot when I'm creating and I'm sharing, it's like, there's all kinds of people who can encounter this. And I'm not saying you have to try to talk to everyone, but I am interested in, in how art can sort of bridge that gap in public spaces in the same way that art does in literal public spaces. When you have statues and public art, people of all kinds can come together and have like a, a genuine connection around this one thing. So yeah, that was a long way of answering your question. I answered it, your question, and then I like spun it into like 40 other things. I love it when people actually take a simple question they expand upon it it's great (laughs) you know i think that's yeah i think that's what i do maybe a bit too much but (laughs) no it it makes my my job a little bit easier and the conversation easier trust me um but did you ever struggle growing up to fit in being a christian did you ever feel like uh alone in some respect yeah and it was many layers to it 
because we were also homeschooled. And also, um, I, I wasn't diagnosed until a month ago, but my sister has Tourette syndrome. And when she was younger, it was very, very visible ticks. Mm. And um, unfortunately, um, I'm sorry, and I was diagnosed with autism a, a month and a half ago, about a month ago. And um, so I didn't know that was going on, but we both had these, these things that made us like, oh, you're different you know? So it was a lot of layers, <laughs> a lot of layers to that, because even at church, we were, for a long time, we were the only kids who were homeschooled. Um, and then my sister would definitely get teased a lot for, and we were the only kids at church for a while that listened to Christian music too. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was just little things like that. And, you know, when you're, when you're a kid though, those little things, are you know drastic (laughs) they're drastic so to answer your question yes and one thing my sister and I we talk about all the time is that the other side of that is that it being different and not having a lot of friends at least we had each other and we learned how to make music together we learned how to create together and till this day I'm I'm working on a new album right now and my sister is producing it And I'm always helping her with her illustrations and her designs. So I'm like, I don't know if we would have had that, you know, had we had we had like a whole bunch of other kids around and we were always because a lot of siblings aren't a lot of times kids aren't friends with their siblings. So, um, yeah, I think ultimately we it definitely worked out for sure. So when was the moment for you that you decided to become saved, become a follower of Christ. And then my follow-up question to you not really fitting in, what Mm -hmm. did that teach you about God's love and God's acceptance in one's life? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I feel like my answer is like, so not poetic. (laughs) (laughs) I was a very like matter of fact kid and I just, I was four years old and I went into my parents' room and I was just like, hey, so um, I want to be baptized. Uh, I want to do that. And um, yeah, I just want Jesus in my heart. <laughs> like, that's what they said I said. And I just like, I went, it was like 10 o'clock at night and they were like, okay. And they said, we had a whole conversation about it. They're like, you think she understands what she's saying? Okay. <laughs> so I feel like my answer is kind of boring in a sense because it wasn't just like this. Honestly, from that moment forward, I kind of had this, I don't know how to explain it. Like I just always felt close to God and I always felt like the message of Christ made sense to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I do think I I did struggle and still struggle as as I got older. Um, The biggest one of, struggle and it kind of leads to your next question is is um just encountering other people who are christian and i'm like whoa i'm not sure we like whoa okay uh i'm not sure that's a christ-like message but okay um and just really struggling with just seeing a lot of rhetoric out there in the world about just divisiveness and things and i'm just like i and i I don't, I mean, specifically seeing people who I looked up to as Christian leaders, like saying racist things. And it's just like, that's really hard to reckon, reconcile in the brain of like, wow, like 
I thought we were on the same page, but we're not. This hurts. This really hurts. So I feel like a lot of, you know, what I do today and a lot of the work I create is, is very much so from a place of my own, trying to find peace with that, you know, of, 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 of trying to find peace in the messiness of all of that. Cause it's tough, you know, it's, it's tough to, to, <laughs> you know, I feel like, well, you know, to have the, especially on the internet, like trying to have conversations, like sometimes I'm just like the, the theological conversations people try to have on Twitter. I'm just like, this is, is this the space? Um, is this the best way to do this? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but um. Just trying to find that balance between like being a part of the conversation, but also like not working myself up to the point of like my palms sweating and my heart racing because I'm like, why can't you just get this? Mm. So, um, yeah, I feel like a lot of my work, even even though I don't say those things explicitly, one thing is interesting is is I, I do end up getting messages from people who who say they connect with what I'm sharing because they've dealt with similar things. So. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> no, I, I understand you because like when I was five years old, like the the gospel really, it hit me, like and it hit me hard. And I just basically did the same thing that you did, except my mom was sitting on the couch and I ran up to her, jumped on her lap and said, Mommy, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. How, how do I get saved? And she led me through the gospel message. And I was like very, very much like, I knew I understood it right then and there, and then I wanted to do something about it. It was very much matter of fact, 100%. And I was the same thing, like when it came to the Easter Bunny and Santa, I'm like, why in the world are we celebrating Easter with a stinking bunny? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why are we, but to me, it was almost like, okay, we're, we're creating things to mask or remove us from the truth. And it seems to be like this reoccurring theme, uh, like in society today. It's getting a lot worse than when I was like five or six. And that's not that long ago, to be honest with you. I'm only 24 now. So it's it's like I'm looking at these trends and it's going back to what we were saying earlier um, with the way society is going. And it's it's always interesting to me because I've noticed that the more society is going towards remove they're removing christ out of everything they're removing the gospel they're attacking a lot of christians because they know i i personally believe it's it's fear that's controlling them because it's true and they're like i don't understand what that really means or looks like because it, everything was okay before now it's getting now they're bombarding these these christians with all these theological questions and it's like you got to answer this if you don't have an answer for it then it can't be true like yeah, i think that's i think that's where the honestly I, I feel like i feel like this conversation's had but i'm like it needs to be had a lot more mm. where i think that's where the internet has been very bad for us in that regard it's just that we've lost the natural cadence of conversation and it, it forces, and I shouldn't even say the internet, I, I should say specifically social media, because 
there was a slower version of the internet that was not as anxious, <laughs> I should say. And now it's, it's so anxious. I mean, it's just real-time updates, it's real-time responses, and it's just not the place. And I, I look at so many conversations that I see online, debates that I see, and I just look at them and I say, I wonder what this would sound like if it were actual in-person conversations. And I think they would sound drastically different. And it's like, you don't, you don't necessarily hear like these kinds of phrases online, like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. Or hmm, maybe you're right. Or I'll get back to you later. But those are the kind of things that kind of come out when you're actually talking to people face to face in a, in a non-anxious, you know, tense setting. So I, I do think that like, that is honestly, I don't have an answer for it, but I'm like, that is, that is the biggest like conclusion I can find. It's just like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to get on the, I, I literally thought about this today. I was like, we cannot be on the same page if because of algorithms, we are literally being fed different pages. It yeah. is actually impossible for us to be on the same page because we're not seeing the same page at any given point. I did a, I did a very um, informal study one may say, with my family. And I asked everyone, I said, let me know three, the top three celebrities that you feel like you see on social media all the time. Mm -hmm. And you just like hear, hear about their name all the time. Everyone had different people. And what I took away from that, I was like, yeah, because we're not, we're not getting the same information. We're mm -hmm. not. So it's, it's like, yeah, it, it, okay, of course. Yes. There's going to be conflict if we're literally, we're not looking at the same information. We're not looking at the same page. We're not being, we're not, we don't have the same story coming down our feed on or on our Instagram story. So that honestly, that gives me a lot of peace uh, amidst the chaos because it's just like, okay, yeah, this is way out of control. It's way bigger than me. And, and the best I can do is continue to seek out meaningful connection outside of these spaces as much as possible. Um, and yeah, I'm not saying you can't use the internet, but it's like, we have to be incredibly cautious with it. And I, I think for anyone who wants to have any kind of faith or spiritual conversation or debate, I think it's important that we really ask, Hmm, is this comment section, the place, um, or is this something that, you know, it's, I feel like in, you know, in, in so much of what you see in, in the life of Jesus, there's so much conversation that's had over food, over meals, over people sitting across from one another. And it's like, yeah, once you take out all of that, it, it does make it way harder to, to connect on a human level. And, and I say that as an introvert, somebody who probably would prefer to just <laughs> kind of write letters back and forth and, and talk online. So I even have to challenge myself and cause sometimes I, I get worked up over things and like I was ranting to my sister about something yesterday and I was just texting her. Cause I was like, I'm not going to post this online because this is not constructive, but I'm just ranting. And, um, yeah, so I have to challenge myself of like, okay, what do these conversations look like in, in like a non fast paced internet social media sense? So, yeah. I love having these kinds of conversations because I really believe that they need to be had, especially in the times that we are living in. And what I get comfort in knowing um, from a personal standpoint is that God is still on the throne. He still, he hasn't gotten off and is like, oh, I'm no longer in control. 
Like he's he's definitely in control, and you still see those those little strings every now and then. And then I to your point of you know you see some Christians the high profile being bombarded in the media for something they've said or done. Um, you got to understand that you know we're still human beings. We still make mistakes, but the moment you make a mistake and you're a Christian, you're a follower of Christ, it automatically means, oh, you can't, you can't stuff up for some reason. It's like, no, <laughs> like, and I, I think, especially with some, some denominations or whatever you like stuff like that, it's almost been like there's this segregation and there's not really much acceptance. Like you look at Christ and, I love how you mentioned breaking meal because it's like this bringing together mutual ground. Like you can't really, unless you start a food fight. But anyway, it's <laughs> really bringing people together, being accepting of each and every one of us, our beliefs, but and being open enough to, hey, maybe you are onto something here. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, and that is so hard to say what you just said, like maybe onto something or, Hmm, I never thought of that. Like it's, those are things that are, it's harder to put those things in writing or to, you know, say it kind of from a distance, but mm. you know, I, I believe that as we, you know, hopefully getting back into the world as, you know, being able to be <laughs> close physically without <laughs> worrying about passing a virus to someone, mm. um, you know, as we get close, physically close, that we're able to think about that. And maybe this is a good time for all of us, just as humans, to reconsider and reimagine what what our conversations look like with each other. And and it's say, how can we how can we work together towards something better? I, I had another thought today. I was thinking about children on a playground. And it's like children on a playground are not without conflict. Like they have to learn how to share, how to take turns. Like there's power dynamics. There's all kinds of stuff with kids like playing together on a playground. But the thing is, is they keep playing. Like, you know, I, I don't know if you have this experience, like growing up with kids, other kids. I, when I was really young, I remember there would be a kid and they might get mad at something like, I don't want to play anymore. And then like five minutes later, they're playing again. It's just like, it's, we yeah. get so angry. I'm like, I'm done with all of you. And then five minutes later, they're back playing like nothing ever happened. And <laughs> and I think that that's something that we grownups have to learn. It's like, yeah, we're going to argue. We're going to disagree. We're going to hear other people say things that make us cringe and we don't understand it. But ultimately what matters is that we continue to, to see each other, like you said, for the humans that we are. So, yeah. Still treat people with respect and yeah. like love. That's what God mm -hmm. called us to do. And he said, it's not going to be easy, but yeah. I want you Very to do hard. it. <laughs> it is extremely Very hard. Difficult. Like every <laughs> single day, like I, I think about, all the people that have either hurt me or said something bad to me. And I'm like, Oh God, why did you, why did you say I'm going to I know. Them? It's like, why like, didn't I think of, yeah, I have moments like that where I'm like, Oh, that would have been a good comeback. Why didn't I say yeah. it then? But yeah, it's all that is a part of learning to love and practice love too, for sure. <laughs> and I'm not great at conflict either. I hate conflict. Oh, like, same. I just want to like, <laughs> Take me back to my shell and yeah. I'll be okay. And then when yeah, I think like, about sort it, it out. <laughs> yeah. 
when I think about it and I process it and I start thinking, oh, that would have been a tremendous comeback. That would have yeah. like shut him up for sure. Very, yeah, I'm very similar with that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just the the introverts in us. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like we just for don't sure. like that at all. But um, steering the, the conversation a little bit back to you, Morgan, and, and talking about uh, your music for a second, you have two songs which I personally love. Um one of them is is lead me back to you or that's i believe that's the the title um can you share the inspiration and the story behind that song because i i feel it i love it yeah thank you thank you so much um i that song has a very specific story i i had gone to the doctor because i just randomly um I mean, it was out of nowhere. I never had this issue before. I started to lose eyesight in my right eye and I was having pain and it was just the most random out of the blue thing. And I went to the doctor and he was essentially just like, I don't know what's wrong with you. (laughs) Like it was very like, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so it was a little frustrating. I mean, it definitely slowed me down for days. Like I couldn't drive. I had to like get someone to to come pick me up. And and um, gosh, I feel so old, but I was your age. <laughs> I'm 31 now, but like I was your age, and I was just you know so just moving around, doing doing everything. And yeah, it was just this whole moment of just like the whole world to slow down over this totally random inconvenience and. Mm. I was, I ended up being delayed. I was in Atlanta, Georgia, trying to get to Nashville, Tennessee. And I ended up getting delayed like a whole day. And I was like working with this producer and the songwriter. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like this makes me look so bad. Like, I can't believe I had this eye infection. Da, 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 da. All this stuff going on. I finally made it to Nashville. And, and it was in that session where I was sitting with Paul Mayberry, who produced my record. And we sat down to write the song. And he, um, he was just asking like, oh, you know, what's your week been like? And I'm like, well, let me tell you. And I, you know, tell him everything I just said. And I think he wrote the first line and he was like, that's it right there. Like you just talked about needing to slow down and needing to just like reconnect with listening to God. So that is the first line of the song. So slow down. And from there, that that's how we wrote that song from that experience. So yeah, it's it's a it's a song about just when we have those inconvenient slowdowns. It's like maybe that's an invitation, you know, into the presence of God. So yeah, I'm just processing. Um, I've got the song playing in my mind and the lyrics, <laughs> and then putting the the story behind that. I think it's a, for those people that are listening or watching. Can I can I put a little bit of the song in this? Can I get your permission oh, to do that? Sure. Like, I, I want I want people <laughs> to listen. To I want people oh, to wow. listen to it because it is <laughs> it, it it goes right to your heart. I'm not kidding. Like yeah, when I first heard it, I was like almost in tears. I kid you not, because it was at the point in my life where I had sort of fallen away a bit. I just I'd been so busy. I had uh, sort of lost focus, lost direction. And then when I found out you were coming on the show, I did some more research and the song came up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to listen to this, listen to it. And I started blaring it <laughs> across oh, wow. the house. But it felt 
it calmed me. And right after I listened to the song, I immediately got down on my hands and knees and I said a prayer. And I said, I, I, I'm sorry, God, that I had been so far away from you. I needed this. I needed to hear those words. I, I got a little bit too busy and too focused on other things that weren't that important in the grand scheme of things. I need you to help me remain focused on you moving forward, going back to remaining true to my purpose, which is to help young people, to help people in general, really. And I just had this incredible sense of peace about me straight after that. And I have not stopped listening to the song ever since. And it's just a good reminder mm. for me to just, hey, you're going too fast. You're too fast paced. Just slow it down a little bit because when we do go too fast, then our eyes, we, our, our focus goes off, off God. Um, if you do believe in God, that is. So just want to say thank you. Wow. Well, that, that means so much to hear. It, it never ceases to amaze me how, you know, something that I wrote about a very specific thing kind of like transcends that and ends up connecting with you. And yeah, I, I just, I just love, um, you know, I love like the creativity of God in that way and, and how all that comes together. So <laughs> thanks for sharing that with me. Oh, you're more than welcome. Um, there was another song that you did, you collaborated with Mac Powell, which I highly encourage people to go listen to. That's equally as, as great. It's a great message, but I wanted to ask you, um, speaking about what God has done for you in, in your life mm -hmm. and giving you these, these moments where you can write about and create, has there been a moment in your life where God's done something that you did not expect him to do? And what did you learn from that? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I feel like I have a lot of those moments. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely think, you know, one that stands out to me the most is honestly what I'm doing right now. I, this was not my plan A, plan B, plan C. <laughs> I, I'm doing visual, a lot of visual art and poetry that has opened up a lot of doors for me to be able to do all kinds of things I can never imagine. Um, but what's interesting is because of all the different variations of projects and things that I've started, what I'm doing now started out as I would say maybe the smallest version, the smallest thing. Like it literally started with me drawing and writing on my iPad. You know, there are no instruments involved. There are no touring involved. There's no camera, photo shoots, none of the, none of that. And I think being drawn into that simplicity really, really caused me to have faith in a new way. And it caused me to trust in a new way of like, just do this small thing and trust that whatever's meant to happen with it, you know, whatever God wants to do with it will happen. And you don't have to try to build some big thing. And, and it's like, and I think a lot of times like that kind of happens and we feel like we have to build this big thing. And then it's like, okay, I built this big thing. God, do you approve? And it's like, no, like we just, 
have to be faithful with what we have. So I really do feel like, yeah, making work, artwork on my iPad. Yeah. That was not what I thought I was going to be doing. Like, <laughs> again, like I was a touring musician. I thought that was the direction I was going down uh, path. I was going down. So yeah, I would feel like that. I, I feel like that's probably one of the most clear, clear moments like that, that I've had in my story. <laughs> I needed to hear that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, me too. I, yeah. as I'm saying it now, because I'm always dreaming and thinking of bigger, better things, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I could be doing more. It's like, or you can use what you have and see what happens. Would be faithful what you have and see what happens with that. So yeah, patience, right? <laughs> it's yes. <laughs> like even even for me right now, doing this show. I want it to be at this level. Oh, I, <laughs> yes, I totally get that. I totally get that. <laughs> right now, And I think it's good to have that heart. And then at the same time, it's like, yeah, keep that heart for it being bigger than what it is, but don't let that stop you from, you know, using what you have in front of you. So I think, mm-hmm. I think that's like one thing I've had that's been really cool is that by doing what I'm doing now, I've actually ended up looping back around to opportunities that I, I maybe would have dreamt of having with music. And now I get to do it now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like even just some of the people I've collaborated with, I'm like, yeah, if I had heard, if I had heard the name, you know, Oh, that you uh, collaborate with Adobe. If I had heard that when I was 22, 23, 24, I'd be like, Oh yeah. Okay. It's probably something music, but it, it ended up being something else, but I still get to still get to do it. So I think that's the cool thing about it. It's like you you do end up you do end up seeing things come to life, but it's just, you know, in a different timing than we expect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very true. Uh, <laughs> you have this this new book coming out, Morgan, which is How Far You Have Come. And when's that coming out, firstly? And how can people get their hands on a copy? Yeah, so How Far You Have Come comes out April 27th, and it is a book of poetry, art, and essays where I stop in eight different states in the United States, and it's on eight different landscapes. I tell stories, and hopefully, I hope what people take away from this is feeling encouraged to look back on their own story and find those moments of of strength and beauty and courage and grace. So mm. that's what it's about. And you can find it uh, where books are sold and it's available for pre-order and all those good things. And all the links are on my website. I try to make it easy. Just morganharpernichols.com. There's like a tab that says new book and you can see all the things there. So yeah. I'll make sure that everyone knows where to get it um, and, and make it easy for people. Uh, Two final questions for you, if you don't mind. So if someone was to pick up the book right now and turn to any page or chapter in that book, which one would you recommend that they turn to in order to get a renewed perspective on life? Oh, wow. That's, I love that question. Um, hmm. I feel like the, the Texas chapter especially in consideration of what we talked about on this, in this time, it's, it's, it kind of tells the story of that pitfall for me, that moment of like, okay, I don't know where I'm going from here. And I, and I really do feel like what happened from there was just 
God graciously breathing through me <laughs> to give me just a little bit more courage to continue on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I hope that that chapter is really relatable. Um, I, I think that a lot of us struggle with that uncertainty of, of feeling the call to do something, but not always having the tools or the know-how or the guidance or, you know, whatever to get through it. And then we can get so frustrated with ourselves and be so hard on ourselves. So, um, yeah, I kind of poured all that into that chapter. So I think that, yeah, and it's kind of in the middle of the book. So <laughs> if you flip it open, you'll probably land on that anyway. <laughs> well, I, I can't wait to get my hands on my own personal copy and read it, share it the whole bit, because you know, your, your story is powerful. And I have no doubt that people reading this book will get so much from it. If they got a little bit from this conversation, I hope they did, then please go and get your hands on a copy of, of her book. Um, Morgan, thank you so much for your time. My final question for you, this is my all time favorite question. I ask everyone at the end, so it's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine yeah. with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your mm-hmm. friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. <laughs> but they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Wow. What a good question. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm lost on like the beauty of the question. I'm like, yeah, everyone needs to be asked this. This is great. Thank you. Um, I, wow. Honestly, I, I feel like it's, I'm, I'm very visual and I, I kind of see, honestly, me kind of putting out everything that I know and generously allowing other people to learn from what I've learned. I, I, I I feel like I'm here today because of all the people that have been placed in my life who were generous with me, who gave me time that they didn't have to, like my college professor, like he did not have to take that time. Like my parents, they didn't have to encourage me to be a creative. They just, they chose that. So I think that all of that I'm like, I have, it's my duty to pass that on. So I, I hope it's just footage of, of me showing people how to use brushes on Adobe Fresco, um, how to hand letter a poem or how to record your own song, whatever it is. I, I think that we all have so much knowledge that we can share each other and that, and that can empower each of us to carry the torch onward. So yeah, that's what I hope it is. I love that question. <laughs> Thank you. And it's also a beautiful send-off message. So, Morgan, thank you for your story, everything that you're doing and putting out there into the world, your testimony. I really do appreciate you and and everything that you have done for me in my life from afar. So thank you so much for your time today and for coming on the Storybox podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the Storybox on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. 
And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then.